The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, in this Advent lesson, in this lectionary year, we hear from Matthew. We don't have, like we have in Luke, we don't have the angel Gabriel coming to Mary telling her God's plan, telling her not to be afraid. We don't have Mary visiting Elizabeth and hearing about the joy of their joint pregnancies. We don't have the stories of an innocent young woman who says yes to God in this lectionary year. The central character today in this gospel in, from Matthew is not Mary so much as it is Joseph. Now, I will forever remember this gospel as being the catalyst to my eventual conversion to Christianity. After attending a service in another denomination many, many years ago, a very grumpy minister, priest, pastor, I'm not going to tell you which designation, so as to keep it a mystery, <laughs> preached on this lesson 
And it was one of those times, you know, when you go to church, well, well, actually, it was one of those, it was actually the first time I had been to church in like a really, really long time, probably, you know, a decade or more. And I actually wasn't going there for my own solace. I was attending with someone else, and, well, the reason for going, for me going, was to be supportive. And I was going for their solace. And, you know, I didn't mind hearing some good news if there was at the time. It would have been nice to have some good news. But that was the point, to go to this service um, for a reason and to receive some, some good news. It was, it was, I can't remember, it was either Christmas Eve or right like the day before. It was like when, one of those times when Advent 4 came right upon Christmas Eve. So I was thinking I was going to hear something kind of Christmassy and joyful. Well, not really. The whole sermon from this very grumpy person who was preaching was about how everyone always talks about Mary all the time, but no one gives Joseph the credit where credit was due. Because the preacher said Joseph, and he spent a lot of time on this, he said Joseph had a legal obligation because of Mary's circumstance, being with child, and he said this in the sermon, that Joseph was justified in stoning Mary to death. In fact, he said he should have stoned her to death, right? And I was like, okay, because of her pregnancy, you know. And when you don't go to church for a long time and you hear that, you know, I don't know. And that was, was the law for women who were pregnant with another's child because it was considered adultery. So, I don't know, everything that this grumpy preacher said was probably factually, historically true, but the way he was telling the story left me feeling, well, firstly, uninspired, and there was no joy to this world at that time, but more so, I was just kind of mad, because I had gotten dressed up, and I had gone to church, and I, I, I don't know, I didn't want to hear this. So, basically, the preacher was upset. And he displayed this with a lot of disdain, that Joseph wasn't as revered as Mary. And all I could think about as a young person was about how history has been tough for women in general. <laughs> and there are plenty of men in the Bible who get a lot of attention. And at this time of year, can't we give Mary a little attention? What if the angel Gabriel came to Mary as the angel does in Luke, telling her of God's plan. And what if Mary had just said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Everyone will want to stone me to death, for starters. And it sounds like a job full of pressure. Nope, not going to do it. I have other things that I would like to do. But you know what? Mary didn't say no. Mary said yes. Mary said yes. So after I heard this sermon... I stayed through the service, and then, I, and then when I left, I remember saying, you know, this is why I don't go to church, because I do believe in God, but I do think that the church can be grumpy and mean, and today it was a little misogynist, and I didn't like that, and that is what I thought then. Plus, I wasn't a believer, so it made it really hard for me to get on board. But after that service, we went to... Uh, the nearby Episcopal Church by mistake, and um, just to see what was going on there, because we were both 
now, both of us were kind of depressed after leaving the service, and I, and I thought that this new church that we were accidentally going into was some totally different denomination than it was, but it was an Episcopal church, which I knew nothing about, and eventually it was the very same Episcopal church where, we, um, where I had a conversion just a few months later, an experience that it changed my thinking, it changed my emotions, and it changed my faith in God, obviously in many ways. Like Joseph today in Matthew, my thinking, uh, my obligations to what I was supposed to be about completely changed. Mary and Joseph both had, had these angels come to them in order for them to have the courage to say yes to God. And while I can't say that I heard an angel speak to me to tell me to trust God, it wasn't all that clear. And had I heard a voice, honestly, I might have sought medical attention. But something, something inside me that wasn't of my own rational thought said to me, you need to say yes to this. And somehow I had the courage to do so. And I, I call it God in the form of the Spirit working through me and working in me. Not knowing the why, the how, the what, the when, the where, or, or how, what it was going to mean or anything like that. But, but giving up my judgments and my criticisms of a universal church that, granted, deserved some criticism for things that had happened over the centuries and how, you know, there were and there have been many abuses um, in the church. But I, I let go of all of that, and I said yes to something that was more than that. I didn't say yes to an institution. I didn't say yes to dogma or tradition. At that time, I said yes to God. I said yes to Jesus more specifically, that yes, yes, I wanted my heart changed and I wanted that new birth in my life. And it was like jumping off a cliff and trusting there would be a net to catch me before I hit the ground. Joseph says yes to God. But he also says yes to Jesus because it says in Matthew that Joseph, Joseph was going to dismiss Mary quietly, right? Basically, divorce Mary quietly so as not to cause a public spectacle because they were betrothed and that was like a marriage. So there would need to be some sort of um, public declaration, some sort of public divorce. However, even with that, even if Joseph had done something quietly, Mary could still have faced a terrible, terrible fate or existence, a divorced woman alone, scandal. Uh, you know, she could have encountered an unfortunate outcome, shunning, stoning, life would not be pleasant. So the angel says to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid, for the child is born of the Holy Spirit, and she will bear this son, and you, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. 
Now, there's a lot packed into this encounter with the angel that I want to explain. First of all, we hear from the prophet Isaiah earlier in Advent that a righteous ruler will come from the house of David. Basically, that the Messiah will come from that lineage descending from David. But here in this, in this gospel, we learn that Joseph is from the house of David. Joseph is the one from the house of David. Yet if Jesus isn't his son, what may that mean? Joseph, this is what it means, Joseph is to adopt Jesus, to invite Jesus into the house of David, to accept him as a legitimate heir, not only that he is to, not only that, to legitimize him, but to name him. The name Jesus, the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua, means salvation, and Joseph is the one who is to name Jesus. And in naming, when you name something in the Bible, you take ownership, right? But not only that, by naming Joseph, by naming Jesus, Mary is legitimized and Jesus is legitimized. And Joseph acknowledges him in this proclamation that Jesus is going to be, uh, he is going to raise Jesus. So the origin of Jesus is something so unheard of, right? And I use the word origin here because Matthew in the original also uses the same word for Genesis like we have in the book of Genesis, and that is origin when talking about the birth of Jesus. And there's other words that he could have used for birth, but he uses the same word origin, Genesis, when talking about Jesus' birth. So could this be a hearkening back to creation itself when God orders the chaos and creates life and all of its beauty and harmony? And and so the origin of Jesus is meant to be something new, a recreation, a new birth, totally out of the norm, completely out of sync with the rules, actually. I mean, why? Why on earth would God choose to do it this way? <laughs> so the whole story isn't rational or, 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 or sticking with any of the preconceptions, the laws of the people, the way they expect. In fact, angels have to come down and tell them that these strange things are going to happen, uh, both to Mary and Joseph, uh, they have to be reassured, reassured. They need angels to actually tell them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take the leap. Say yes. Don't worry about how it's all going to work out. Just say yes. And the encounter with the angel is so powerful, they both say yes to this unknown predicament. Yes, I am going to admit to you that Joseph deserves a shout-out for being very brave and very courageous. And we thank you, Joseph. So the takeaway for us today is to not get bogged down in the literal, uh, one-dimensional, factual logic of, uh, of this passage in Matthew, which doesn't really fit into rational, our rational way of thinking. The angel says, This is what the angel says. The angel says, For the child conceived 
in Mary or in her is from the Holy Spirit. And it's from the Holy Spirit that we want to focus on. What we need to know is that whatever (laughs) the circumstance is, this child is a child from God. This child is a child from God. So, it is God's doing. It is God's new creation. It is God's story. That just as in creation, in the beginning, in Genesis, it is all God's story. God creates it at the beginning with no help from humankind. And here in this new Genesis, God sets up a new creation in the way that God wants to do it. God is God. God will be God. And sometimes we need to just go with that first. God is God. This is the way God wants to do it. Pointing to the revelation that this child is of God. The only thing God needs from us is to say yes. Now, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans, not what we read today, but as a whole in his letter to the Romans, says a whole lot about how we are grafted into the family of God through, uh, uh, through Jesus. And, and he, too, uses the word adoption many times in his theology. God adopts us as God's children. But think about this. What about when we choose to adopt Jesus? into our lives, like Joseph did, to give Jesus legitimacy, to name him in our prayers, in our spiritual quests, to trust and not be afraid of this new genesis that God wants for creation. I mean, when, when, when you come up for communion today, what will it mean to say yes in your heart? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So the story of Joseph today is an important one. And perhaps the grumpy preacher many years ago meant to give an inspiring sermon about Joseph's courage, but to this day, he, I think he failed. But what didn't fail was the spark that was somehow ignited in me to pursue something further. The genesis in me of the spirit hovering over the chaotic waters that eventually helped me to say yes to a new creation. So I actually say thank you to that preacher now for making me so mad that I had to seek out God in an even stronger way. Now, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of myths and ancient myths and interpretations since then that can explain away the mystery of how this birth will be achieved as it is proclaimed in this passage. But that is not the project for today because the mystery is what is important. The mystery still remains. God always chooses to do what God does in the way that God wants that that is what we need to remember today, 
And what does it say to our humanity today that God chose a vulnerable young woman who risked it all to say yes, which put her at odds with conventions and a comfortable human-devised plan? And I think that is for us to ponder. So I'm going to put this in the words of another theologian who says it much better, that when we struggle with our faith in light of this gospel and the birth of Jesus and how all of that was conceived, that all we really need to know is that in Jesus, God has assumed our humanity. And that is the gracious mystery conveyed in this text and in the event for which Advent has us so expectantly waiting. Amen.